today we are discussing a comparative study um, between two of the most famous and most beloved fantasy series um, of modern times, and that is Lord of the Rings um, and Harry Potter. And this so this is going to be a this is going to be a th- a big one to unpack here. Yeah, this is um, a big this is a big big topic, and specifically, um, we'll probably hit on a few different subjects, but the, we're discussing the morality of magic in Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. The moral of the story: the podcast where a writer, a philosopher, and a filmmaker explore the stories that make us and the morality that makes the story. I think we should start off by saying that there's there's kind of this irony when you say the morality of magic because um, starting off, magic properly understood by definition, meaning acts where people are trying to, through rituals or words or acts, attempting to contact or control the physical universe yep. in opposition to... The things that God has given us, like yeah. prayer or you know Christian principles, mm-hmm. obviously that would just be immoral, right? Cate- Period. Yeah, categorically, categorically immoral. But so. let's talk about that a little bit because the vocabulary around magic. Yes, and and this is this is really one of my one of my beefs. I'll just come right out, right? So I have. I've read all the Harry Potter books. I know some people don't like them, but uh, I feel I, like this episode might be a little controversial. For it, it could be, for, for it some, could be. Uh, yeah, but people really there. should they should take the time to ask these questions and come to a really Definitely. well understood position and that one that's not just reflexive because are there negative potentials in some of these stories? Definitely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But there's also I mean, for for one thing, just everybody and their dog has read them or watched the movies, right? And so being able to dialogue about these intelligently is, I think, important. Um, but there's a there's a element in Harry Potter, right? Where obviously the whole story is about magic, but it's actually not magic broadly understood. Um, Harry Potter is actually all about sorcery. Pretty much all of the all of the magic that happens in Harry Potter is what you would like classically define as sorcery well the school i mean it's and hogwarts is the school of witchcraft and wizardry you know right right and the sorcerer's stone which is, exactly which is yeah. actually in other countries the philosopher's stone Correct, but yeah. the word philosopher doesn't sell in the u.s so yeah. it is um, the sorcerer's stone but that is that is and and that's um you see in the universes of tolkien and rowling two vastly different. i mean well there's number one a vast difference in just the scope of the mind at work, right? right. <laughs> Tolkien's like one of the most brilliant people that ever lived. Rowling has written, you know, seven pretty entertaining novels, you know, and that's, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, a different thing. Not to, to demean her at all, but although I just did. But <laughs> 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 With all due respect, but, uh, but mean, it's, yeah. there's Tolkien a, is there's on, a, a, on another level. There's a typological like, difference in what the they yeah. have attempted to do and right. have achieved, right? right? And so looking at that... Um, it's really worthwhile because the they get the the like Gandalf and Dumbledore like they get along lists of greatest wizards or whatever. But what Dumbledore is and what Gandalf is, although and on the face it might seem to be similar, is actually vastly oh, vastly so different. different, right? 
All right, Middle Earth history Hand off. time. Hand off to Luke here. So, uh, what is I, Gandalf, Luke? I get <laughs> what you you got me going. All right, I get a little frustrated when people slap the title wizard on mm. Gandalf and mm-hmm. Saruman and and you know Radagast because yes, on the surface, you know, to anyone who's not really read any of the source material, that's exactly what they are, and you know, it, it's actually one of the things that. You know, I think that Peter Jackson maybe didn't do a fantastic job in his portrayals of it, which I Alex, did. You I need maybe, that maybe? No, I, I did. <laughs> One of the things he did not did, do did not do yeah. uh, is you know he definitely uh, makes them a little bit more of like the modern wizard type. You know, mm-hmm. very much in the vein of of a Harry Potter type thing. But if you read the books, if you read the Cimmerillion, it's it becomes very evident that wizard is probably the furthest thing from what they are mm-hmm. uh simply put they're angels they're they're spiritual right. beings they're mm-hmm. the astari the maiar who were sent to middle earth by the you know um manway who is king of the valar which are basically all angels they're ruling angels created by iluvatar sent to middle earth to help in the battle against sauron which is also he is a astari or maiar as well he just he fell mm-hmm. to you know the darkness right. of Melkor. So, so to so to to make that explicit, um, if you don't know, Gandalf is the same type of being in the Lord of the Rings as right. Sauron. Correct. Who is the? They're actually second class angels. Yeah, they're not even they're not even top. They're tier. servant angels, right. Below the actual real deal angels, which was Morgoth, who is the Lucifer equivalent, right, and Manwe, who Essentially, is like, the, like a Michael the Archangel. Yeah. He's like yeah, he's, he's like an he's archangel. He's king of the Valar, you know? right? King of um, all other angels. Yeah. So and so, the term wizard is very much in my mind. I like to think of it as kind of an explanation. You know, C.S. It's a colloquial. Lewis, C.S. Lewis. I can't mm. remember which book it is. I always forget. But he he throws out the theory that um, the Greek gods mm-hmm. were basically ways to try and explain mortals encounter with angelic beings. Right, right. Um, which I find it fascinating. Which, which that know, on a demonic level goes all the way back to Augustine. Exactly. It's real, so, very old, yeah. And, and so that's kind of the way I think I like to think about it. You know, the Middle Earth beings, they saw the acts of these, of these five spiritual beings and, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't know what they were. So, hey, they're wizards. You know, that's, right. that's mm-hmm. very much what they were. And mm-hmm. into contrast, you know, you have to think of the author's Whereas uh, the hobbits think Gandalf is a fireworks salesman. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the extent of, of in their mind. But, yeah, yeah. you know, Tolkien was a very devout, uh, he was Roman Catholic. You know, he's a very devout Christian. But, you know, Rowling, she's, <laughs> is she an atheist? She's no, uh, well, I don't know. She, I think, she, she, I actually think that technically she's, I think, Presbyterian. I okay. think like Scott, I, Church of Scotland, like Church of Scotland, yeah. broadly yeah. speaking. Yeah. But I don't know, like I, I don't know that she's a regular Sunday right. attendee. Um, but you know, but, there's there's a level of of that was very much a way that Tolkien lived, and it bled through everything mm-hmm. that he did. So yeah, sorry. To, so that was a, a bit of a rabbit trail. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Backstory on Gandalf. And you know, this is interesting. I was I was reading up it mm-hmm. for this episode, which I totally forgot about this. Um, Sauron was a servant of Ale. Mm-hmm. So was Sauron. 
Oh. So they were both servants of the same Valar, and mm. he was the Valar that created the dwarves. Right, because he, he rebelled against and exactly. Iluvatar's and so the dwarves also order. had a tendency to be corrupted by Material, uh, materialistic yeah, greed, yeah, power, yeah, yeah. which very interesting is, you know, from anyone who's mm-hmm. read the books or seen the movies, exactly what happened with Sauron and mm-hmm. Sauron. They both yeah. were corrupted by that. Lust uh, for the ring. Lust and, for the ring and power. Yeah, so yeah. it's, yeah, I, I totally, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's, well, and that's kind yeah. of Tolkien's, you know, broadly, uh, his critique about modernity, you know, modern, our obsession with technology and the ability yeah. to create and making, to make and yeah. that making could itself kind of carry people away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Gandalf, who I think it's safe to say embodies a lot of Tolkien's personal characteristics, you right. know, like mm-hmm. he, loving to smoke a pipe yeah. and tell stories, tell stories and, and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, go on journeys yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, Gandalf is much more of the philosopher. Right. Um, storyteller mm-hmm. um, artisan than he is a, a quote maker you know he's not right. involved in politics the right. way that Saruman is in terms of being a power like right. that's a, a mm-hmm. big theme in the books yeah well so so coming back to how these things relate so in in Harry Potter um, Dumbledore is he's just a man right I mean he's Correct. everybody in Harry Potter is just humans yeah there's no unless they're one of those magical you know magical creatures yeah like creatures. they are there it's set in a it's, real world scenario where right. everyone is a they're humans and they are magical it's or also magical. actually an incredibly Marvels. racist story it really <laughs> is no it definitely because is which is you've either you know, got the magic blood or you don't yeah and like if you're of the magic race then you're special and you're cool yeah and if you don't have magic then sorry you're just kind of a dumb. well and that's it, the whole thing with, actually uh, 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 yeah. Voldemort you know he's trying to to have this magical supremacy yeah regime right right he's so, like a Nazi for, yeah. for the <laughs> he's, he's magic the magic Nazi, Nazi. right <laughs> yeah and, and actually that kind of parallels the X-Men conundrum right Magneto oh, yeah. And yeah, definitely yeah. Charles Xavier yeah. it does yeah well and, and you know what's funny to me about both that world and the Harry Potter world is that, you know, what is, why do we condemn Hitler so much? You know, we yeah. condemn him, obviously, first and foremost, because of just the atrocities that were committed. But also just on a philosophical level, we condemn the idea of a higher race mm-hmm. as just being itself a horrible, evil ideology, mm-hmm. right? Like that, and it's just not true, like that there's not this huge difference between human beings. Right. But in these worlds, <laughs> they take something kind of on an evolutionary angle, you know, because mm-hmm. magic seems to just appear, you know, in the bloodline or whatever. Right. And in the same way, mutants in X-Men just appear in mm-hmm. the, like a genetic leap forward. And so they kind well, actually, of posit. That's not true, but, yeah. oh, oh, really? The Celestials were. Oh, the Celestials. Were, were responsible oh, okay. For they've created the, because the, uh, I've just the, seen the Brian Singer movies and yeah. that's just like yeah. evolution. Evolution. Long ago. Well, know? yeah. There was are we a talking leap? the movies or, or the comic books? Because, <laughs> you know, the Celestials were. Uh, All evolutions have a god. God, yeah, right in them, yeah, right. like the monolith in two thousand one, right, or, right. or uh, these others. But but if you actually believed, if you posit a world where that sort of a difference really did exist, then suddenly Hitler's not as crazy, right, as you would think in the real world. Mm. So in that way, I always yeah. go back and say there's this weird tension because Voldemort's a thinly veiled Hitler Correct. figure. Mm-hmm. So is Grindelwald in the new movies, mm-hmm. but. 
you're positing a world where their ideology actually makes more sense than it does in the real world. And it's still happening. This is where when I saw Captain America uh, Winter Soldier, I kind of <laughs> I, I nodded my head because, you know, the, in the plot of that movie, the Nazis, you know, went underground. Mm. And, and I think in some ways just eugenics is the same thing. The ideology just went underground and now it manifests in, uh, you know, girls a girl shortage in india you know because yeah. people are aborting their girls and and yeah. now you're going to have hundreds of thousands of men that have no uh prospects for marriage mm. um you know what will that do for the future of the world um but there's a lot of examples like that yeah. we're mm-hmm. just trying to control mm-hmm. gender and and a lot of it honestly gets totally uh embraced yeah. because there is this idea deep down that hey maybe we could you know, maybe if we just, you know, edited the genome enough or we, you know, right, it's saying, a huge leap forward. We are saying, take that stone and make it bread. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, exactly yeah. what we're doing. Right. Because we don't want to take what we're given, um, which is the magic, like classical sorcerer principle. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The, the, the idea of a sorcerer is one who want, can take their own will and through either a serve uh, some sort of spiritual servant with power or or uh, through um, power of will make something other than that which it was you know and and yeah. change something which is the thing that underlies the Harry Potter stories right. because even throughout the books um, and some people consider this positive I don't really consider it on its face positive or negative except uh, that she underlies the book with the alchemical colors from the Middle Ages. Yeah. So all through the Middle Ages, people were on this alchemical quest. And they thought that, the best of them thought that if a one individual could achieve spiritual purity, as well as great knowledge, that you would be a mage um, on the order of Jesus himself, mm-hmm. who they said could you know, turn water into wine and yeah. do these miracles that were essentially changing things from one thing to another. So it wasn't just lead into gold. That was a sort of a popular, popular idea in it. In Harry Potter, in every book, somebody dies and they're, they are associated with a color of another stage of alchemy. So from book seven, it's like the red headed twins die and the red was the final color. White was the previous color. And that's when Albus, the white Dumbledore dies black, previously and serious black being killed and and so on it goes all the way down so she had all these seven stages of alchemy kind of written into these books um until she basically turns harry potter into a christ figure and makes him die and come back to life right and as a resurrected hero um and so on so that that alchemical drive to change the created order into something of our own choosing is really core to the Harry Potter stories. Yeah. And that's really my biggest beef with them. Like mm-hmm. on a on a spiritual level, she just takes all the she basically says, Well, magic's this tool, you can use it for good or for evil. You know, and so it's just a bunch of warlocks and witches yeah. who are theoretically good or bad. When in reality, to be a witch is inherently bad, to be a warlock is inherently bad, and you're just muddying the waters yeah. with these various teams. Well, you know? and here's here's what it is for me. Here's here's my concern basically is uh what is your source of power you know mm-hmm. in in middle earth the astari are direct servants of the angels and in turn mm-hmm. god Iluvatar. Mm-hmm. that is where they get their power mm-hmm. 
Harry mm-hmm. Potter, it's all about the power within me. Right. You know, there's no hierarchy of divinity in Harry Potter. Right. It's, you know, I am this wizard. The power comes with from within me. I am the one who determines what's right and what's wrong. That's what I think is very dangerous. You know, it's it's the whole, you know, I am God right. mindset. That's that's for me where it, and as it long as I say get... expelliarmus and I'm and I'm not actually hurting anybody, then yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I can live my life. I'm God as long as I don't hurt anybody else. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you know it's it goes back. You know if it's where you're tapping into that power. You mm-hmm. know because yeah, that, I think that's the so the, the moral the, the morality of the total individualism. Right, yeah, right, definitely. Well, and this is where I'll um, I guess I'll, maybe I'll be devil's advocate a little bit because um. I agree with everything you're saying, and I think that there is definitely a part of the Potter world that is essentially embracing the entirety of a sorcery tradition, like you're saying, that is totally concerned with actually just power for its own sake. And and there's no – like you don't see in Hogwarts even even something as simple as an ethics of – I mean, there's. I think there's a little bit of ethics, but it's basically ethics the way like, like doctors have ethics. You know, like yeah. like it's more about just First getting the no tech. Harm. It's it's basically about the technical power to achieve ends yeah. in the in the universe. So in that way, it's similar to science. Uh, you know, it, and that's something Lewis brings up actually in one of his books that magic and science historically were competitors. They both had the same goal which was to control the physical world and to get desired ends. Yeah. But just science, you know, was science and it was a little more logical. And, right. and so it actually did get those ends and so it won out. Um, but at the same time, I, I will say that the ending of Potter to me, and this was to me the, the – the, if there's a saving grace in the book, depending on how, wh- whether you think, um, you know, the books have any kind of merit. Um, the magic at the end of Potter is actually very, very close to Christian teaching about the nature of reality having a intrinsic spiritual power associated with it. So like when Harry dies for his friends, just like his mother died for him, and so protected him from the killing curse of Voldemort. Right. You know, there there I I thought it was a very powerful scene when Voldemort tries to hurt his friends. Yeah. And he can't. Yeah. You know, there's this, you know, invisible and that idea I think is a good and mm-hmm. I don't know if it balances out the the symbolism of like mandrakes and all these other things that yeah. are certainly occupy a lot more pages in the series. Yeah. Right. But I think there is also a tendency on the other side and maybe it connects in Mandrakes a, in a strange Mandrakes are in the Bible, way. too, though. I had to well, it to you. Well, let's not get into that. That's, pretty weird. That's a weird scripture. Yeah. Um, but basically, I think there's a tendency to read um, the Gospels and to look at the cross and to look at mm-hmm. Christ's sacrifice and to read it basically in a way that is purely scientific and materialistic and say, oh, we're just meant to look at this nice man. Mm-hmm. And because there's really nothing like spiritual power, there's re- nothing that exists that's supernatural. Which is a very Western. Like, yeah, it's like this know, Western Greek, thing. And so we like, kind of boxy em- type. Yeah. And so we Real kind of empty out the kind of. world of its spiritual power and just say all yeah. that's left are cause and effect right. and right. emotions. Mm-hmm. And and basically, when Christ dies, all that's happening is that we're hopefully we're inspired, yeah, 
right. to live noble lives. Well, and 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 I was glad that Potter ended the way that it ended because to me I thought, you know, if somebody read this when they go to the gospels now, you know, maybe their imagination has been opened to say, you know, there could be something something that seemed to have no meaning scientifically, right? Yeah. A man mm-hmm. dies on a cross in mm-hmm. historical first century Palestine. Yeah. That a, something like that could actually have a an effect, an invisible effect Over the that, would, that yeah. would go backwards and forwards in time. Yeah. Well, I think a, oh, go ahead. Well, Sorry. I was going to say, I will say this, that I, although I do have a big beef with the way magic is portrayed in the story, um, on their own terms, I don't believe that the Harry Potter books are all bad. Like mm-hmm. there is a there is a value in them as stories, yeah. and mm-hmm. I think there is an is a redemptive quality if you accept the story kind of on its own terms. Yeah, I on in objective terms mm-hmm. as a writer, I look at it, I think I don't like what you did with this material. Right. Like right. you should have been a lot more hard on yourself about categories and how this all works, um, right. because in I think where we were going with Lord of the Rings, you know, Tolkien created this very complex hierarchy of of servanthood and will yeah. right which is really what everything in the world comes down to um and, and he had a deep perception into that you know um even of oh, there's a line when aragorn comes back from looking in the palantir and says i will go see my doom or he uses the word doom mm-hmm. um and, and connects it with the word deem right which is i deem this means you've declared a doom Hmm. You know, and the idea that doom as judgment, like, and so when Aragorn, I doom you to the death penalty, right, like in the Middle Ages, or, right, right, and so to and that Aragorn as a king and in his unique place, um, he actually goes and he and he uh, competes. Is it with Sauron? Is that right before when the he, Battle of the Black Gate? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he and he he faces off, yeah, Sauron through the Palantir, yeah, and like. It's a battle of will. It is, yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. this is what good and evil really is, mm-hmm. you know, in our in our world. Yeah. Um, and so Tolkien – so, like, we look at Gandalf, and Gandalf is – so, like, Albus Dumbledore in Harry Potter, he makes great sacrifices, and, like, when he drinks the cup, the key drinks the cup of wrath. I mean, right. that's a totally Christian idea. Yeah. Right, But it's right. wrapped up in all this New Age sorcery stuff. Yeah, right, You right. know, so there are these Christian themes that are just kind of – hidden and occluded and at the end of it I don't know if kids walk away with thinking oh gee I need to drink a cup of suffering right. or if they just say oh that was awesome and yeah. I, I wish I could re- wave a wand and do fire rings <laughs> yeah, you know right, that's right. what you don't know yeah. kind of what particularly children because right. it's easy as like English majors and philosophy majors to like well the right. themes in this story are <laughs> yeah. so Which you know, diverse you have you know? to remember right. you know, children's novels or the well that's right. the thing yeah. and, that's, and that's really my biggest beef with Harry Potter as a series if you were a and you read the first one and you read another one every year and you're 18 and yeah. the last one came out, it's probably fine. If you are nine or 10 or 11 yeah, and you read now all, and you will read right. all seven, there's stuff that you should not read yeah. well, in those later books. Right, you know, right. Two you know. things I yeah, had. So. Very dark. Um, one, I, I think that, yeah, I really think it's probably not for the best, but, you know, in today's, like we were saying, very Western Mm-hmm. mindset it's very been it's it's been very detached from the spirituality of Judaism which mm-hmm. you know uh, is a very mystical yeah 
religion, which is right. very much what, you know, mm-hmm. Christ would have been, you know, in that mindset of it's a very spiritual, there's a, there's mm-hmm. a spiritual battle taking place. And I think that flat out, we've been trained to think, well, magic's not real. You know, none right. of that is real. It's all fake, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which there is a level of, yeah, I, there's, I'm not going to pick up a wand and, and, you know, Wingardium Leviosa <laughs> my room. But is there a dragon feather in it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But there, but you know, sorcery and magic and, and spiritual, uh, war, that's a very real thing. Right. And, and I think come... that's something that people completely like disregard. And I think that that mindset can be a little dangerous and mm-hmm. opening, you know, thinking, oh, well, the, you know, that's all, you know, poppycock and you yeah, know, I'm not worried about that. Right. At well, all. I had and... a teacher, I had a teacher when Harry Potter was new and, and we were, we got talking about it and he was a like, theory teacher in music school, but, and I was like, I said, well, I don't really like it. I said, you know, there, there are real witches. He's like, no, there aren't. <laughs> said, uh, yeah. yeah, there are. Yeah. I said, no, yeah. no, no. And he well, was and just, that's what the Bible talks about, you know, even yeah. Saul yeah. going to, you the know, the yeah. witch of Endor. Yeah. So, well, and the thing is, like, when she thing. calls up uh, Samuel, it's not like it says, and it just appeared to be Samuel. It was not really him. It says she called up Samuel. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't give any kind of qualification. It says she actually called him up and Samuel said, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and read him. Right. He said exactly what Samuel would have said yeah. for Saul and, and, consulting and all a of witch. Those, you know, all of those instances. It's it's very you know you know the Bible speaks very negatively on yeah those type things. Oh yeah uh, yeah yeah. So you it's know, there's com- that completely completely illicit and immoral to do. Yeah. Um, but I think it's because you can get to a sense of saying like, well, you throw the baby out with the bathwater and either you believe you just say, oh, that stuff doesn't exist. Or you take this kind of like, well, magic's fun, you know, kind of an right, approach yeah. of things that are really things like, well, like the witch at Endor. That's technically necromancy, yeah, right? The right. the conjuring of the of dead, dead yeah. or sorcery, which is the, you know, exacting of your own will over that yeah. of others or of, of nature of what God dictated. Um but there's another broader way of understanding the idea of the word magic, which is a, a something happening. It like comes from the word of making, right? And so right. when you have miracles, that's like another category, which we tend to just separate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what is a miracle? A miracle, when the apostles perform miracles, or even when Jesus performed miracles, and Jesus is a direct connection because, you know, he obviously is, you know, directly experiencing the will of God. Yeah. Um, but like when St. Peter heals the lame man, you know, he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, take up your mat and walk. Um, he is acting as a channel for the will of God. Yeah. And so it's the power of God enacting the magic, quote unquote, but it's this holy magic, which mm-hmm. is actually a miracle. Yeah. Like, well, and, and this is where I think, and Tolkien actually encodes this into his story a lot because, you know, why is Gandalf powerful? Well, it's because he has a property of power. Mm-hmm. So when God created him, Iluvatar in the, in, the, in the story created him, he gave him a certain amount of power proper to himself. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you read in Lord of the Rings um, when he says there are some creatures against I've not been tested. Mm-hmm. Um and he even says things like, I used a word of command to try to keep the door closed, yeah. but it shattered the door. 
you know, and that brings Moria, you know, makes part of the roof collapse. And so the physical world responds to Gandalf's personal property of power. Right. Um, and he has a certain amount of it. Mm-hmm. Which and we it, all and have. it can be and it can be exhausted. Well, well, no. This is where I think you have to make a distinction because humans we have a certain measure of let's just say will, right? Um, but picking up but, that cup, but, but picking up your coffee cup, yeah, is picking an act up of your coffee, yeah, it, it's an act of power. But the thing that separates an angel from a human is, in some sense, the fact that. An angel has intrinsic to itself or mm-hmm. himself uh, the ability to, you know, make things happen in the way that you're talking about, mm-hmm. like a happening agency. Yeah. But for us, we use tools. Yeah, People, mm-hmm. the, to be human in some sense means that you are always you always have a, a medium. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and a medium. I don't mean that like a medium. Uh, I'm you know seance. <laughs> I mean like. A, a a tool, uh-huh. something yeah. in between. There's a middleman. So, right. um, even my body is a tool. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's a medium that I have, and and it and to be human is to use mediums. Right. So, well, you know, that makes me think of when you know when Adam was thrown out of the garden. You know, we can assume that when they were in the garden, things just grew. You know, through this, right, through mm-hmm. the through the, you know. The power nature of, of God, Earth, the yeah, creative yeah, power, yeah. grew. Right. When he was expelled from the garden, uh, you know, God didn't say, okay, things aren't going to grow anymore. You can still make things grow, but you have to, like you said, you have to go you and actually, the garden. you have to go plow <laughs> and sweat yeah. right. for, th- for this mm-hmm. to happen now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's still, yeah, like that level of through your will making things happen. Mm-hmm. But it's there's like an extra step that has to be done. It's sacrifice. Right. Yeah. And and but yeah. you think about a plant, a plant is different than us because a plant has in itself the yeah. power to grow. The yeah. seed does. Mm-hmm. Um now we have it in in a way like that's how we, you know, have children. Yeah. You know, so there's so things manifest property themselves. But that's actually how Jesus's miracles worked too. And that's mm-hmm. Lewis's point in his book, Miracles, because he talks mm-hmm. about how uh, when you look at Jesus's miracles, there's miracles of the old creation and the new creation. Mm-hmm. And the miracles of the old creation, which were most of Jesus's miracles, turning yeah. water into wine, feeding the 5,000 with the loaves, um, those are all things that actually logically do happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because liquid really does become grape juice yeah and water grape gets, juice water gets really taken does from ferment. the earth yeah yeah right. and it does so he's he's like short circuiting or fast forwarding the process mm-hmm. but that's actually a power in the universe that yeah. he put there as the creator of the universe and then he is a, able to you know put it on fast forward so right. to speak to, mm-hmm. to have an effect right but um but then there's miracles of the new creation, which is like the walking on the water. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, it says in Revelation, there will be no more sea. So there's like a, you know, a symbolism there. And then with the resurrection or with the ascension, you know. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. That was my favorite because I always thought with the ascension, that means we'll fly. You know? Yeah. Right, <laughs> I, right. Right. I know, I know. It's like the one thing God could have done, made us all be able to fly. I yeah. think, um, you know, I think back to what Alex was saying there about, you know, if you were seven or eight and read all of them right now, it mm. would it could be problematic. And I think I would agree with that too, because, you know, when you read a book, who do you identify with? Mm-hmm. You identify with the hero. Yeah. Right. That's just, no one ever, unless you're psychotic, you, you, don't, <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't, 
you don't be like, yeah, I want to be Voldemort. That's who I want to be. Like, What's you want to be the, Harry. Who's the bad kid? The bad kid? Uh, uh, a Draco? The, the Draco. Draco. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be Draco. Like, you want to get your problems. letter from yeah. Hogwarts. You like yeah. That's who you want to be. Um, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it could be, you know, I, I could see it. Yeah. Being, it could be problematic for, you know. For young kids, for yeah. young kids, because being, the psychological yeah. distance—the yeah. only—the only way you could read, because what what do kids like to do? They like to imitate, and exactly. so imitative behavior. Yeah. Well, and I would just means this, that you're yeah, not just to it, Harry Potter, but I mean, what all these kid, you know, little girls wanting to be Elsa. It, she's I know. like uh, I know. Okay, I have three daughters. Like, yeah, you. We've had to ban, we've had to ban to Elsa from our universe. Exactly. So, you <laughs> know. Like, please don't let it go. <laughs> yeah. And don't. So there's that. But you know, it's you. I, yeah, I think you got to be careful of you know, because kids are innocent and they just they want to they want to be this right. You know? And if right. they're not wanting to be yeah. things so, that are okay, pure, but so let's but let's push the let's push the uh, the boundaries a little bit. So. Because I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Where would, where does, for instance, a boy wanting to be Superman? Because there is just a, an intrinsic yeah. human desire to be powerful, right. to be great, yeah. to mm-hmm. achieve to things yeah. in the world and to have an effect in the world that is bigger than life. Right. Um, and so where does, you know, obviously the the tendent, temptation to something like as evil and depraved as sorcery where right. – you're, you know, opposing the will of God by your own, by demonic power or by some kind of evil force. Um, you know, that, nothing exists that is not a perversion, right? right? So mm-hmm. so the thing that is good that exists is a desire in the human heart to do great things and to be unique and right. to be mm-hmm. exceptional. Um, and, and so, I don't know, I mean... I, you know, one answer that occurs to me would be to say, actually, and this is in Lord of the Rings, what does Saruman want that he doesn't have? You know, what does Sauron want that he doesn't have? If you look at what they do, they make the ring. <laughs> they make mediums, right? Yeah. Think about right, it. Right. They make mediums. They make things outside of themselves that have a part of themselves in them that then enable them to exert power and yeah. more power. So it's like duplicate duplication yeah. is a kind of power, but that's actually not the way that angels are. Yeah. So so angel and this is actually theologically pretty accurate because mm-hmm. what do demons want? Demons want you. They want yeah. to control and to control, dominate yeah. and to eat. That's like in the screw the tape eaters, letters. Yeah. yeah. You know, wormwood actually gets eaten by screw tape at the end. Here. Mm-hmm. Um so they want to eat and consume and they get more power that way. So a lot mm-hmm. of so even I think Tolkien has a line where he says Sauron's the best part of his power was what he had originally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then he's added to it yeah. by his domination and yeah. by right. consuming right. things. So he's gotten bloated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, the best like part of his original robot. power is in the <laughs> ring. Mm-hmm. And his power essentially is corruption. It's to yeah. convince people that they can be powerful yeah. too. And so, you know, Boromir wanting to use the ring, that's like a human wanting to be a sorcerer. That's yeah. like, it's right. wanting to have the kind of power that's actually not proper to, have. to an angel. Yeah. yeah. Like a. Right. a and, and so, in a way. In, in, infinitely more powerful than him wouldn't touch it. Well, right. Uh, but, yeah. you know, that was the command. When mm. when Manway sent the Istari 
to Middle Earth, he explicitly commanded them, you cannot gain power to rival or defeat Sauron. You mm. cannot gain power to control or mm. uh, be king over the inhabitants of Middle Earth. Mm. You were strictly there to be a, a voice of wisdom and to aid in right. their fight. Which it's is the word angel fight. is the word messenger. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is exactly, Gandalf does nothing but ride exactly. around on Shadowfax <laughs> taking messages. Exactly. <laughs> and and to the on. point where he says, if you break this rule, you will basically be cast out. You, mm. will, you will be- Of the order. Of the order. Which is why, for uh, those who, who only, if you've only watched the movies, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Get the books, read the books. Oh, you cannot imagine how much more spiritual depth is in the books oh, than definitely. in the movies of Lord of the Rings. Talking to those, um, and because when Gandalf dies, right, Gandalf the Gray actually dies in the fight with the Balrog. Spoilers, if you didn't know. Um, so when he's sent back, as he, he, that's actually what happens. He's not resurrected, quote unquote. Um, in the popular understanding of that, he actually dies and goes back to the halls of Manway. Yep. Um, which is where he he came. Is he was a servant of Manway, and so Manway sends him back because Saruman has become corrupt yep. and is no longer Sauron the White, which was the head of the wizardly yep. order. He uh, was now Saruman of many colors. Yep. He was. Uh, he became a diverse wizard. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> instead of a pure wizard, um, which is what he his role was to be. And so then Gandalf was sent back, more powerful because yeah. he had a new position and a place. Right. Gandalf the White, and that is why the Witch King being made to shatter Gandalf's staff in the extended Return of the King film is just an unforgivable sin. Which, yeah, it's an know, unforgivable I, sin. Because, I, I, why? What was the Witch King? Oh, he was a lesser being than Gandalf. But why was he the Witch King? Because uh, he was a sorcerer. He is well, a yeah. sorcerer. Yeah, yeah, Those yeah. nine ring wraiths were yeah. sorcerer men. But yeah, that, right? that's, you know. So I, this and, goes right back to Harry, see, that was yeah. Harry Potter, okay? Right, right. The Witch King is <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> well, and then when uh, Gandalf and Sauron, uh, you know, after the Battle of Helm's Deep, when they're mm -hmm. there at uh, Orthanc, yeah. uh, you know, um, Gandalf breaks Sauron's staff right. and casts him from the order because, because he has broken the rule. Yeah. He has done exactly what he was told not to do, and he's cast from the order. And their power is... Um, is commensurate with how inside of their proper sphere they are. Right. They were right. given and see, that this role, is, that this servanthood. Is, and exactly. that's the thing. It's about servanthood. That's, that's, I think that's it. You know, I mm -hmm. think that, um, you know, in Harry Potter, they had this big epic war between good and evil. You know, that's there. Mm. But which, which, to Harry Potter's credit, you know, I, I think in a lot of things these days, the, the lines between good and evil are becoming more blurred. You mm -hmm. know, there's this, even, you know, we can, in another episode, talk about the, uh, you know, I think it's very interesting, the uh, the move to have the villains be sympathetic. Right. Mm. You know, I think that's very interesting. Yeah, But, yeah. you know, that, to again, to Harry Potter's credit, that is not at all the case. Mm -hmm. Voldemort is this very clear force of evil. Right. And there is a very dis you know clear distinction between mm -hmm. good and evil. So yeah. Harry Potter nails sacrifice. Yeah, as so a theme, to its credit, that is that I is will give it that. The story nails, mm -hmm. but uh, again, servanthood. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that I think that's key mm. because again, the Istar, the Maiar of Middle Earth, they are they are servants. They are serving Manway. They're serving Iluvatar in this this fight. 
But I don't know. Personally, I don't see that too much in Harry Potter. I don't really see, mm-hmm. besides, you know, the greater good of, of this force that needs to be stopped. I, I don't really, maybe his friends. I don't know. There's like well, friendship, well, yeah. filial affection. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't see this. Well, but, and also I think what you're looking at, Lord of the Rings is one of the greatest, you know, I don't, it, Payon is that how you pronounce that word? Pay, I don't know. Payon. Payon. P a e o n. Yeah, it's one of the greatest payons to humility yeah. and servanthood ever written. But and this is the thing, like kind of removing all of the 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 magical side of it and setting that to one side. Um, and I think you see this in Lord of the Rings that the real magic mm-hmm. is self sacrifice. Well, even in Narnia, with right? Aslan, yeah. and 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 that there is. It's not just a magic of oh look at what he did I'm going to imitate the deep it magic. now it's it is the deep magic mm, and yeah. that 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 deep magic is one that can um, to jump to another fantasy series which we haven't really discussed but maybe we, that's another episode um, is Jonathan Strange and Mr Norrell um, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite books but in that book at the end you know you realize that all of the lives in that story have been one great magical. Yeah. Act. Yeah. You know, that that long ago, the Raven King, who's, I, I wouldn't say he's really a Christ figure, but he's kind of this messianic figure. Like he, he, I, I essentially cast a spell in the, in the universe of the book. And that even the destinies of the main characters have been sort of preordained mm-hmm. or set in front of them to walk into, but they were set in stone by this act that happened long ago right. in the past. And that's a very Christian idea. Yeah. When you remove, you know, the trappings, mm-hmm. that the cross somehow, you know, places a destiny in front of us yeah. mm-hmm. that affects us even now. So we're even now the ripple effects are driving us forward into the future. Mm-hmm. Um and that's a that's a powerful idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, magic. Luke, what's your what's your takeaway? on magic as the morality of magic in the these two series. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, you know, again, I, this podcast is not really about giving verdicts. You know, I, I think it's especially true for, for this topic because it can, people have strong opinions. I would encourage everyone though to actually, you know, research it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, most people just slap, you know, the wizard title on Lord of the Rings. I know a lot of people that just flat out don't, read or watch anything Lord of the Rings or because they just don't know. And <laughs> again, to me, I, I think, I think the main thing is, yeah, servanthood and where you're, where are you drawing your power? You know, mm-hmm. are you drawing it from your creator? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, are you drawing it from demonic right. spirits? You know, what are you tapping into? Um, and I think that's something everyone kind of has to understand themselves. I, I do think it is dangerous to say, well, you know, None of this is real. I'm not going to treat it as real. It's all fake. So I, I think it's it's a very complex thing. I think everyone has to make that decision themselves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, of of I think Lord of the Rings is a, a fantastic um, mirror of our creator, and you know, it's just a fantastic story. I, I love Lord of the Rings. If y'all don't <laughs> yeah. know, <laughs> but uh, didn't get to, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Harry Potter, yeah, it's you know, I think it's one of those. It's a bit of a mixed bag, you know, where you yeah. kind of need to 
pull the, the, the good things like sacrifice and, and mm-hmm. leave. Well, stories have power. The story right. very much. You know so, what? Yeah. Words have power and yeah. stories have power. And, and I think, uh, you know, if you can us. look at every instance of magic across, you know, it all has to do, like you just said, with words, you mm-hmm. know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's in our tagline, the stories that make us exactly. Our, yeah. you know, we live our stories. Yeah. And we were talking, you know, off the podcast in, in Lord of the Rings, you know, the way, uh, the way the world was created was through song, was through mm-hmm. lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's how a lot of the nature of, of that world works is controlled through, through music. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, again, it's all through the power of what comes out of our mouths. So a lot of people don't know that on that, just a little tidbit, there is actually language in the Bible that suggests that there could have been song oh, yeah. in the creation in of the creation. our world. Yeah. Not just the creation of Lord of the Rings, yeah. but that and and you have to you have to kind of take a grain of salt as far as how far you take this, but in a lot of ways, some of the elements of the world of the Lord of the Rings, I think, are Tolkien's um riffing on maybes and yeah. perhaps is about what might have been in our own world. Well, Alex, for you, what's uh what's your takeaway from Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Um, I I definitely think that they are they are products of their authors' Worldview. respective visions yeah. and and capacities. You know, um, I think that Harry Potter. You know, at the beginning, the first book is essentially like a Disney football movie with <laughs> magic instead of football. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's basically, that's all it that's is. True. You know, uh, so it's about as it's like uh, what was that? Little, I always like, paralleled it to the Hardy Boys because it's, yeah, a, it's such it's, a thinly veiled mystery story. That's true. Is. That it's, it's like real, every the first four books are just like little mystery puzzles. And in that That's way, true. it is real innocuous. Whereby, like by the fourth book, people like somebody cuts off an arm to, to yeah, you know to make a spell. You know, so it gets really really dark um, in in parts by then. So you know, again, parents have to be be thoughtful. I wouldn't let my children read it. Um, you know, for at least a decade over the, my young oldest child is almost seven, you know, so it's, you know, definitely not for them. It's, you know, if you're an older teenager, or a, a young adult, that's, that's maybe capable of making a, a, you know, judgments about those things, then that may be different, but it's kind of up to everybody's own individual, uh, barometer you know in that sense i do recommend lord of the rings for anyone i guess what i would say as far as the morality of these stories and magic generally is that i think we tend to live in a in a mode in which life has been um kind of whitewashed or we live in a spiritually antibiotic (laughs) world definitely you know and there's a reality that that the things we do, and and I'm I'm passionate about this, and that the things we watch, um, like this is a podcast about movies. I don't watch every movie that comes out. In fact, I watch almost, I mean, point five percent of maybe the movies that come out. Yeah. You know, it's very rare that there's a movie that I think is actually worth two hours of my mind and time right. to go watch. Mm-hmm. You know, and. And so, and I think we all have to be really thoughtful about what we invest our time in, yeah. because those the art that we consume has a kind of a magical power over us. Definitely, you know we 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 absorb it in these ways that are incredibly um, powerful. Images are powerful. The sound is powerful. The words are powerful. And it's um, moving. 
and they affect us on an emotional or spiritual level. And a lot of people watch things that are actually like spiritually harming yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have to take responsibility over that. Um, and I would say my takeaway, my my call to action in this episode is everybody go listen to set yourself in a room or in your car, wherever you can like chill and, and decompress and turn on an album of chant. The place that the language of magic meets us in real life is when you become enchanted, right? Enchanted, that's a word that literally means to be in chant, which is what monks do, Christians for thousands of years have sung chant. And it's a way of singing. Yeah, the liturgy has completely been lost. It is. It has. And, And liturgy and prayer, singing prayer is the most powerful good magic that exists in the world. Yeah, filling it, your mind with it everything that is noble. It's, and, you know, I, I heard an amazing way described, you know, liturgy and, and uh, which I guess for some context, you guys are Catholic. Mm-hmm. I am not Catholic. Right, but right, still, right. I, I have a, a very high regard for liturgy. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely something that's been lost in modern Protestant Christianity and just mm-hmm. in, gen- in general. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I heard it described beautifully one time that it's, it's reminding God on a consistent basis of his promises and mm-hmm. what he has said he was going to do, mm-hmm. you know, which God doesn't need reminding, you know, it's yeah. more it reminds us. us. It reminds yeah. us, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's yeah. like you said, our words are incredibly powerful and it's calling that, that plan mm-hmm. and that, um, yeah, that vision for life into existence. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I right. think the biggest, I guess my last, takeaway is on the um, does this exist or not question. The most successful way the devil can operate is for us to not believe he's there. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, and that's the, the bottom line. It's way better if, if for, for your tempting demon if you just don't believe he exists. Yeah. And you're unaware of the fact that that thought that just sprang out of nowhere that you didn't expect and you you know had no mm-hmm. connection, that you don't say like, oh, you know what? That's a temptation from my my the demon that's haunting me or whatever yeah. that's coming after me that there is a literal battle for your soul. There yeah. are creatures mm-hmm. that want to consume you and that there are those who are trying to guard you and if yeah. you you can feed and and live in the world of building up the guardian. I think that's um, the understanding that you have to have when when entering this conversation is is this is mm-hmm. this tipping the scales towards the you know the good spiritual mm-hmm. side or, or the bad spiritual side, you right. know? Mm-hmm. And right. I think I, that's something that a lot of people just mm-hmm. completely glance over, Yeah, you know, that it's just, like you said, casual entertainment. Because it is a real temptation, the temptation to power and, and personal glory. Yeah. And that is really the magical temptation, I think. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the sorcerer's temptation. Yeah. Um, the, the moral of the story that I take away um, – from this whole discussion and from these these books and these films is the idea of powerlessness. Because um, if there's anything that you know, the story of Frodo or Sam or it it, it it's embodying this principle that um, at the darkest moments in the Lord of the Rings, the things that save Frodo and Sam are not their cleverness. Um, 
you know, like well, and a, a counterexample would be the end of Harry Potter, you know, and it and it scratches a certain niche in us because we want to think, oh, maybe at the end I could outsmart the villain because if you remember how Harry Potter finally beats Voldemort, you know, he he outsmarts him, mm-hmm. you know, he says, oh, I figured out how who this wand really belongs to, and you're wrong, and I'm right, and yeah. we're gonna do a final spell to yeah. see who wins. And he wins. And, and so there's kind of this, you know, scratch myself on the back. Yeah. I figured it out and I finally beat, beat the villain. But, you know, Frodo doesn't win. He doesn't even win at the end because he resisted the ring all the yeah. way. I mean, yeah. he, there's a real powerlessness at the root of Frodo's journey. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that carries him through is, you know, Elbereth and the, the light that yeah. wasn't his. It was yeah. given to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's sense of destiny. Um, and well, that and that is that... a very true depiction of the human condition. That right, yeah. if you walk through life thinking that you are Harry Potter and you got the scar and all of your problems are somehow you know special problems and you know <laughs> and you know hero <laughs> problems, you know yeah. it's going to lead you astray. But that if you think of yourself uh, as powerless, right, then um, you're going to rely on God and and be. And be the medium for God, right? Right. Be the vessel for God to be a bridge of His power be into the world. Be the servant, right? Mm-hmm. And and then uh, you you will experience power. Yeah. Because but it won't be your power though, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. No, I love the fact that in, in the Lord of the Rings, how the at the end, Gollum is the thing that destroys the ring. The yeah. fact that Frodo's mercy to Gollum. Mm-hmm. Is the only thing that saved Frodo. Yeah, yeah, because well, and, his and, and mercy to let him live. Further back, Bilbo's Bilbo's mercy. Right, right. Know? That chain of mercy toward Gollum. Yeah, is what preserved Gollum, even though he was a completely, I mean, maybe not completely, but ninety nine point nine percent totally, you know, abhorrent creature. That his that their mercy allowed his lust. To save them from their own temptation, yeah, yeah, which is is a and so, amazing, and so God is glorified because right. God, it, the the victory is not in doesn't inhere in any one yeah right character really yeah yeah um yeah anyway so it's, it's brilliant so it is brilliant that's the moral of the story yeah thank you for listening thank yes. you yeah. for uh, subscribe on, sub, subscribe on YouTube and uh, Apple Podcast wherever and, you. Yeah. I don't know. Can iTunes is sp- dying. iTunes is, is like going away, right? Well, so it's listen, Apple Podcasts. Are, are there now. are there podcasts on Spotify? You know, I don't know if they're on Spotify. Well, we'll find out. If they're on Spotify. Wherever you're listening. Yeah. Wherever you're listening. This might be on some obscure subscribe. podcast app that we have no they're idea on, even existed. Yeah. <laughs> but make sure to follow uh, the podcast and share it with your friends and family. Um, yeah, and thanks for listening, and we'll we'll be back with another one sometime soon. The Moral of the Story with Alex Wolliver, Luke Taylor, and Benjamin Wolliver. Please subscribe to The Moral of the Story on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen. Visit moralofthestorypodcast.com. Copyright 2019 Moral of the Story Media.